Hi everyone, it's uh, Alex here again with another one of my uh, podcasts. Thank you for uh, tuning in and I am delighted to say that I have the uh, lovely and wonderful um, Sam all the way from Washington DC on today. Hello Sam. Good morning, how's it going? Very good. In the crazy times of uh, the world we are <laughs> in at the, uh, at the moment, I hope your friends, family, etc. are all safe and well. We're, yeah, we're adjusting to life at home and the new normal, that's for sure. But we're all, all hanging in so far. That's good. What is, what is the new normal? Maybe we can touch on what is the, the new normal. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, so who, what, why, when, where? Let's, let's hear a little bit of Sam's story before we um, get stuck into uh, the meat and two veg on this. Sure. Uh, so I I have been a sales executive for the last 13 years, uh, I guess now, which somehow makes me feel old, um, but have been everything from an individual contributor to a executive leader of global teams at some really recognizable uh, brands within SaaS technology in San Francisco. Uh, and now I run my own sales consultancy, which is called Hashtag Sam Sales Consulting. And you might wonder why Hashtag Sam Sales? Uh, well, Hashtag Sam Sales is a hashtag that I started about four years ago and I just started to post really tangible sales tips on LinkedIn and thought you know what this is impactful for me maybe it can be impactful for others and it's taken off since then so if you're looking for a little sales guidance and some tips to start out your day I encourage you to search hashtag Sam sales and see what will benefit you awesome and I follow hashtag Sam sales and I've known you for a while now and I can say that you do come out with some very sensible and helpful and useful uh, <laughs> tips so Thanks. Um, the, the journey of your, your sales journey, let's dig into that just a little, little bit more just to give some color and context to your, uh, your experience. Well, you know, what, what, what has that actually entailed? What have you actually sold to whom? What kind of industries? What kind of level deal size? All that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. So I think, you know, I've, I got into sales just like everybody else. I think um, I did not dream of being in sales when I was a little girl. I fell into it uh, through somebody convincing me and started as an account manager, uh, running enterprise accounts, uh, large law firms, things like General Electric, mm -hmm. you know, sales forces of the world, uh, and then was convinced to become an actual individual contributor doing um, actual acquisition, enterprise acquisition, which terrified me, uh, yeah. much like it terrifies a lot of other people, you know, mm -hmm. going from account management to that you're um you're in a position where there's nowhere to hide anymore you actually have to go and find business uh and so after a couple of years of just applying uh, you know everything that was an innate to me i uh, i am european like you alex so very um extroverted got lots of great manners that i can apply to my my sales game um i started to just be really successful uh, bringing in some of our largest deals, breaking a bunch of records, closing most amount of logos in a month or in a quarter for our company, highest quota crusher of the year, et cetera. Um, and that just kept on going. And I think that the uh, the journey changed for me when I realized that every time I shared some of my advice with colleagues, they would take it, implement it, and then see their own success. And it really made me think, I want to be a leader. I want to be able to scale what I do really effectively and be able to teach others how to do that, right, for the betterment of the sales organization. And so that's exactly what I did. I learned how to do my sales job in my sleep and be able to hit quota. 
I started to extend myself above and beyond that to create other global programs like onboarding and mentorship and things like that. Uh, and then ultimate, ultimately warmed my way into leadership, um, leading uh, the global uh, legal market space for a company called On24, which does fabulous webinars. Uh, and then ultimately uh, heading over to LinkedIn, where I led an enterprise team there as well. Awesome. And I, like you, you have been on a similar journey when it's been out net new, fell into sales um, in real as well, uh, a realtor in your speak and a state agent here in the in the UK. And then... Uh, fell into recruitment before moving into a professional service-led um, sales. And what what was it that you were doing that you've... That, okay, let's rephrase the question. What were you doing differently <laughs> that others weren't, which enabled you to, you know, maintain hitting number and, and so on? Because it's all very well sitting there going, hey, I hit, hit quota and I did this and I did that. I spent five years recruiting sales reps into sales jobs and you can't bullshit a bullshitter. So I'd always then <laughs> dig, dig down and say, okay, everyone hits quota. Um, so what do you, what do you, what do you, and I know, and I know you, so I know that you're not bullshitting. Um, but what, <laughs> what were you, what were you doing differently that others weren't, do you think? Can I, can I say something kind of cheeky and just tell you, I used, I used my brain. Um, yeah. Honestly, I think that, um, and, and let's even think about it for this climate right now, right, where, yeah. that we're in. The amount of sales emails that you're getting where people are trying to capitalize on this opportunity of, you know, coronavirus and work from home and things like that um, and be aggressive about it, be tone deaf. Those are the people who are not using their brains. So I thought about just things that other people didn't think about. For example, one of the, the rules that I have is when you write an outbound message, your subject line and your first sentence are the absolutely most important things when you do outbound email. So mm -hmm. Alex, if I send you an email and you don't know each, we don't know each other and I'm trying to get you to book a meeting with me, if I have your first name in the subject line and then if I say, hi Alex, hope you're doing well today, I wanted to talk to you about, you're gonna instantly delete that, right? Because you yep. know what it is, it's a sales email. So instead, I'm going to find some elements of quote unquote, show me you know me, I'm gonna do my research searching my homework on you. I'm going to find a challenge that you probably have that's relevant to you and that my other customers have. And I'm going to tell you in a sort of tangible way in my email how to solve it. And what I'm going to get you to think is this sounds interesting in theory, but I need to hear more. So what you're, what you're then going to do is reply and say, I'll take a meeting with you. When that happens, I can't tell you the amount of reps who one, get excited that a meeting is booked, but then two, they don't ever reply to the email. The only thing that they do is they send a meeting invite. That is so rude and so greedy. So in my process, I would always respond and say, thank you so much. I'm so excited to meet with you. You'll see an invite coming from me shortly, et cetera. And these are tiny little things that I would think about the entire way, along with the customer experience, to one, build my brand as I'm someone you know, that you can count on that has great character that, you know, you actually want to do business with. But then two, to think about how to use all of that to advance the sale, to make it bigger, to speed it up, et cetera. There's so many little things that people don't pay attention to that can make such a difference. Show me, you know me. I like, uh, uh, I like uh, that. So let's, um, <laughs> uh, the thing <laughs> is, it's, 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 I agree with you. It's, um, uh, the problem with common sense is sometimes it's not very common. Um, right. so, Drilling down a little bit further into that, because you know, reps will say, "Well, I do, you know, I, I do the research," and they may pick out some bland thing they found on um, the LinkedIn profile, or they'll they'll try and be clever with something that they they think is is appropriate to make reference to, but but it isn't. So, 
just to give a little help to our um, our listeners, can you give an example of the sort of thing that you might use to open uh, open an email with, and what process you what is that process you do to find that information out? Absolutely. So I, of course, turn to my trusty, trusty sidekick, LinkedIn. You guys mm-hmm. may have heard of it, yeah. um, but I will look there. LinkedIn Navigator, you and Alec, Alex and I, you, could, you and I could talk about this forever. Yeah. Um, but one, one of the things, in fact, I was just coaching a rep on this today. So a rep was looking at a gentleman's profile by the name of Simon. And the rep said, the only thing I could find is that we both studied economics. So I'm pretty excited about that. And that's what I'm going to reference in the email. Okay, great. Like, decent start. So I go and look at Simon's profile. Simon um, co-founded a company that is that does all charitable work. So first and foremost, if you do any charitable work, if you volunteer, if you donate to causes, like there's a great way to connect, mm-hmm. even if it's not the same charity, just say, I love to see that there's somebody that believes in philanthropy as passionately as I do. The next thing that was interesting is that in Simon's profile, he lists all of the names of his board members that sit on the, the, the foundation that he started. Yep. And so this isn't something that any ordinary person would know, but there's something that's going to click for all of you out there based on the large companies that are there. So one of the board members works for a company called Ripple and Ripple is a financial company here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And two years ago, they had a claim to fame because they essentially shut down a website called donorschoose.org, which is a website that funds teachers projects. They shut down the site because they fulfilled every project that was being asked, requested mm-hmm. money for. They spent 29, I think it was $29 million um, to get to fund all of those projects. So number one, Ripple is a genius because they got incredible marketing out of it. Number two, they did something really philanthropic and wonderful. And number three, it was a write-off. Hello. Um, so just even finding something like that to say, I love that you have someone from Ripple on your board. I love that you have someone from XYZ company on your board. Yeah. I love that I they, they did this. Find it in the news. Do some research. Spend mm-hmm. some time. Yeah. Right. The other thing I would say is that when you reference something, don't just reference it. Give an opinion about it. Okay. So Alex, you're probably the same way with your podcast where you have people that reach out and say, hey, Alex, I heard your podcast this weekend. Would you be interested in talking to us about our video solutions? And you're like, no, what about my podcast? What did you like about it? Which one did you listen to? Right? Give me something. Um, So I think if if you're going to reference something in that subject line, just talk about it in the email. I loved your podcast. I listened to this one. This tip that you gave was amazing. If it's worthwhile your time to even reach out to this person, then it's worthwhile your time to do your homework beforehand. Absolutely. It's the uh, it's the old authenticity bit. Don't try and pick up on a hook and then not have done your backup research <laughs> with them and then start to challenge you on it and you can't actually then go, uh, I haven't actually listened to your podcast, but I saw you did one, so I thought I'd make uh, you know, make um uh reference to it. And yeah. <laughs> does that does that work uh just an email or can you use that for the dare I say it, the old cold call or can that work on social out so i mean social outreach in terms of social out as in outreach on social media so i'll i'll go back to the um the manners thing for a minute mm-hmm. so i think one of the things that kind of gives me a different point of view is that i actually went to swiss finishing school so i'm originally from switzerland although mm-hmm. i have no accent because i learned english when i was a peanut um but i think that for me the cold call and i know there's 100 opinions out there but the yeah. cold call it's just rude right i'm in the middle of my day so mm-hmm. send me something meaningful by email yeah. give me a hook to read and i will choose when i decide to respond 
respond to it, right? If it's interesting yep. enough, you're probably going to get a response. Yeah. Um, I think the social media angle is different, right? So we've all been there where somebody connects with us and we're like, Ugh, okay, sure, I'll connect with you. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, here's a, here's a sales pitch. And we're like, no. And we made, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, the worst. So I think rule of thumb for me in terms of using social is social is, is meant to be a research tool for you first and foremost. Mm -hmm. The second piece of it is you're allowed to connect with someone after you've had some kind of conversation, a discovery call, you met at a conference, you met at a networking event, whatever. Mm -hmm. If they, if you've said something to them and they have responded with words to you that were positive, not don't ever call me again, um, <laughs> then, then it's appropriate to connect. And then the thing that you're supposed to do again, if this is a really quality person for you and quality perspective buyer is do them favors, engage with their content. If they don't have any content, tag them in content that you think would be really great or do the, the biggest win of all is find somebody in their same field that you can introduce them to. Networking and making friends is really challenging these days. So if you have a friend that would be a good friend for them, make an introduction, right? That's one of the, the biggest ways I add value is I think, okay, you're a CMO. Who else can I introduce you to in your area, your sector, your age and career, whatever, that would be a good match for you. And then let me be a value by being a connector. I like that. It's almost the reverse referral, if you will. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm, especially if I'm connecting a current prospect or current client with a, a potential prospect, then it really, it really is a selfish win. Because <laughs> yeah, they'll, just... they'll talk about me in the end, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And then at the end of the day, we can't, you know, can't escape from what we're trying to, um, uh, what we're trying to achieve. Now, there may be some people thinking, sitting here going, oh, that feels like a lot of uh, upfront work i'd far rather just have you know, the, the the templated email and just bash it out and and hope for the for the best yeah, your kind <laughs> i knew you would <laughs> say that so well, i'm going to now put words in your mouth but my my sense hearing you say this is that yes that little bit extra effort may take longer but you're going to do less outreach but get a better response rate you got it. It's, it is all about quality over, over quantity here. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the amazing thing is, you know, I, this is part of, part of the business that I run is part-time um, BDRs that are contracted out. So this is something that I know not only through my own sales career, but now through something that I actually run as part of my company. Mm -hmm. And the responses that we get are off the charts. These are from CMOs at some of the largest organizations, some of the largest law firms. We got a general manager, a general electric to respond the other day. And the responses are all the same. The emails that I get every single day are so bad. The only reason I'm responding is because you took time to do your homework and this actually is a challenge that I have. I will give you 15 minutes or I can't meet with you, but here's my director of marketing technology, whatever it is. And so I, I guess I would ask, you know, ask yourself from a sales perspective, what's the cost to you per, per lead to get a CMO to respond after one or two touches, right? What would you actually pay for that? Yeah. Some, some people are going to put on an event, pay 700, 800, $5,000 as a cost per lead for all the work yeah. that goes into that when it doesn't have to be that difficult and it doesn't have to be as damaging to your brand. Indeed. And I get this, that leads me to an interesting kind of point because this is all this is doing is starting the conversation, right? I'm going to give you 15 minutes of my time on the phone face to face. or well, we'll come to that in a minute. Um, 
but then you, you then have to rely on the the skills of the the rep to kind of ma- maintain that uh, that customer experience they've already created right from that initial yeah. kind of outreach and goes okay this individual seems like they give a shit and um, is half sensible and prepared to give them some of my time but if they then fall over at that next touch point then it's been all for nothing. Can you just say that last piece again? You cut out just a little bit. They so sorry. in terms of they uh, when they they you've done that initial outreach and then um, so they've they've opened the email they've responded and said yeah okay I'm going to give this person some time of day either with yeah. you know, myself or what have you but then the rep has to be able to back up that initial kind of impression that they've made yeah in person otherwise it's all for totally. Nothing. You're, you're exactly right. And I think a couple of things on that front too. So the, the amount of times that we book that meeting, right. And then we botch the first conversation to your point, right. Is, is inordinate running a discovery call properly is not that difficult, but so many people miss the mark, right? So let's talk about just even backing up, backing up this great thoughtful email that you now sent. And how do you communicate that same thing on, on the phone? The, the tip that I give every single rep I've ever coached is your job on a discovery call is to solve the challenge of your prospect, either directly by what you do or by someone that you can refer to them. I just got off a call with somebody that wanted to hire us for our BDR services, but he was looking for something very different than what we did. And I didn't have a referral for him. And I honestly, it's the first time I feel like I've really failed a discovery call in a long time. Um, But think about that if you're solving their challenges, the only way you can do that is by asking a lot of questions. And the only way you can really do this effectively is by starting your discovery call with a broad, broad question. This isn't about you. This call isn't meant to satisfy you. This call is about the prospect, what their challenges are, and getting all of that out of their their brains. So I, I call that, you know, let's crack their head open and let's get everything out that's in in there. And the way my, my immediate go-to is I could tell you a million things about Sam sales, but I would love to hear from your perspective first. Tell me about your team, challenges you have, you know, give me a sense of the landscape over on your side at, I don't know, Jones day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, right. And then I pause. And then what they do is they probably don't answer any of the questions that I just asked. Right. And I don't really care if they do. All I want them to do is start talking. And I think what's great, one more tip on that, and then I promise I'll be quiet, is that everything that then comes out of their mouths, that is your, that's essentially your outline for your discovery call, right? Well, you know, we're short staffed right now. Great. Point number one, short staffed. And one of the challenges we have is demand generation with this. Great. Number two, demand generation. Boom, boom, boom. And then you go back and you dig into those points and you've got a really solid introductory picture of what life looks like over there and what their true challenges are. So how do you then move that, that conversation from taking all this information to uh, um, an action importance in terms of a next step? Yeah. So I, I think the thing is that you want to start to paint a picture for them of how you can solve their challenges and also weaving in customer stories mm-hmm. of what you can, what your existing customers are, are doing with you that's solving their challenges. So actually one of the companies that I advise for is a company called Replays with a Z at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got this whole model, hundred point process of how they go through discovery calls, demos, et cetera. And one of their key key points is all about customer stories. So you've got to also paint the picture for your prospects that you're already doing this for your clients, that those clients had the same challenges. They were in the exact same boat that they are in now. And that now your clients are no longer in that boat and you can take that prospect on that same journey. And so 
What I think is important, one of the tricks, and I'll, I'll give all my prospective clients my my tricks here, so now they know what's what's being done to them. Um, <laughs> but one of one of the tricks that I like to do is when I go back to the start of the the bullet points that I wrote down, right? That outline. I'll say one thing. I'll start. You know, okay. You said you were short staffed. So let's talk about that. Tell me tell me more about that. Do do you not have budget for headcount? Do you have issues finding headcount? Tell me more about that. Then they'll tell their story and I'll say, yeah, for sure. Our clients were in the same boat. They retain, I don't know, our recruiting services, whatever I'm doing. They retain our recruiting services. And then here's the outcome of what happened. My trick with that is that before they even have a chance to ask another question, right, I move on to the next point. And while that might seem weird, seem weird, like, why don't we go down that rabbit hole? I like to just get them heightened for every single positive point that I can make for them. I like them to just perk up and say, that would be great. And then we move on to the next point. And they say again, that would be great. Yep. And if I can do that four or five times, right? And then at the end of the call, I can be like, here's, here's what I suggest. Why don't we get your broader team together? Why don't we get anybody else that has the same challenges on your team? I can go through a demonstration of what we do. can talk through some of our, you know, whatever it is mm -hmm. I'm going to do. Um, and then let's schedule the next call so you can get some visuals around what we do. What happens is that they're so excited, right, from that discovery call. And then because you're making it seem so much like a team effort, why don't we get your broader team together? Um, then they're motivated. They don't feel like you're just trying to get more people on the call, right? They're like, yes, okay, I have more people I can invite. It's yep. not like, are you the only decision maker in this process, right? Because they're <laughs> going to say yes, and then you're stuck. Yeah. Um, and that'll lead me to my, my last um, kind of Sam salesism there. Um, so for every discovery call I have, every call I have, I try to double the quality or double the quantity of the people that I have on the next call. Okay. So what that means to me, right, is that if I'm talking to a, you know, marketing, director of marketing, right, on one of my calls, the next thing I want to do is either get his or her peer on the call, right, so I double the quantity, yeah. or I want to get the CMO on the call. VP of sales, same thing. Director yeah. of sales, same mm -hmm. thing. I want more people or higher titles one yeah. way or the other. And, right, and then you're scaling your time instead of just demoing to one person over and over again. Yeah, makes sense. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> I could talk about this forever, Alex. No, that's <laughs> why we can we can do you know we we can when we can we can do it again when we know what the world looks like <laughs> in six months' time. But I think kind of you know mo mo moving on to that because we we cannot ignore um, what is happening today with coronavirus around the around the yeah. world and you know the, the 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 terrible human cost that it is inflicting globally um but the world turns and business has to survive to keep the the economy going and yeah. those organizations and those those people that are in a position who are in a fortunate position i should say that are going to be able to hold on to their jobs and can work from home that this is completely and utterly turned sales on its on its head and it's interesting yeah. because across all sectors we've been talking about digital transformation for you know the last five years or so well here and now it's being forced upon us in massively unfortunate um circumstances but what what are you and i appreciate that we're only you know days weeks into this but what what sense are you getting from from your side of the pond in terms of how sdrs how sales teams how sales leaders are coping with this yeah i i think that I think everybody is kind of in a state of panic, right? And I think that I think that's probably global. Yeah. Um, I think we're all treating this in the same way that we treat most tragedies that happen in our life, right? Or most urgent situations that happen in our life. We panic, 
<laughs> we act irrationally for some time. We go through those emotions, right? Then we stop and we think and we're like, okay, this is what's happening. I'm coming to terms with it. What can I do to adjust and pivot and handle things as they are now? And then we eventually come out on the other side, right? I think we're in that transition period right now in the U.S. anyway, from panic to, okay, the, just like you said, the world turns, the life must go on. Um, I think the way that sales teams are handling this and what I see with a lot of leaders is that they're, they're just panicked about what should they do? Should they keep doing prospecting? Should they keep selling? Should they keep doing cold outreach? Is yeah. it too insensitive to do it right now? Um, and my gosh, put me on record for just saying, absolutely not. Don't stop selling. Keep doing your outreach. Keep doing this, but change the empathy and the vernacular that you use, yeah. you know, to the earlier point, don't capitalize on this as an opportunity for you to just be aggressive and tone deaf, right? Say, we understand that this is a challenge time. We also understand that you're probably like many corporations busier than ever. How can we help? These are two ways we're helping our clients. We would love to be of help to you. If there's anything that we can do, let us know. I, I think if you look at it from that perspective, you will be one different than what everybody else is saying. And two, yeah. we'll probably get a response to saying, thanks. Like we don't have any need for this right now, but thanks for just being a normal human being. Right. And, and co coming at it from that perspective. I think the other thing is like, think about our markets, right? Like, we have had 12 bear markets, right? Before yeah, we yeah. have come through, this is now where we're at, right? We've always come back. Um, and yes, this is a different catastrophic experience, right? We've gone through 9-11, we've gone through 2008, we've gone through all this stuff in the past, we will bounce back. So I think we just need to be a little bit more compassionate, empathetic human in this, but I think we need to keep following through with our processes because weeks will pass and businesses will go back. And you know, Alex, you and I were talking earlier, the people that were helpful right, are the ones that are going to come back to you. You made such a great point about that. And those are the ones that are, are going to have the pipeline built and the relationships built, and that we'll be able to convert that business. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting times over over here. I had my meltdown beginning of last week in, in London. When I found <laughs> the dawn of realization. I, then, I wrote a blog post on it because I thought I might as well share my, um, you know, share my feelings about it. And actually felt a lot better actually in terms of writing about it. Um, and yeah, it's kind of the... I said there were, there were two posts that I can't probably life. I can't remember the author. I'll, I'll dig it out and um, I'll put it in the in the links. But he, you know, to the point about being human, he said, "Is that how far gone sales is? Is that we're having to humanize sales again? When actually the bare bones of selling is is is, is relationships. Even if your outreach is net new, you are still building a relationship with um uh, with someone. It was quite an interesting uh, interesting take on it." Yeah. And then there's this um, this other piece I saw to get today, and again I'll I'll put the link in the um, uh, in the the post. Uh, ben Smith from uh, Reach Desk and Jack uh, Nico, forgive me if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, Jack from Salesloft. Uh, they hosted a Zoom call with 86 BDRs in London to find ways to kind of adapt in this uh, this time. And more, you know, in summary, they talk about you know, exactly what you're saying: um, empathetic uh, messaging. Um, you know, unless you've got a product that increases productivity or remote, working remotely, um, you're probably going to have to play the long game. Um, think about different things to do, you know, authenticity, personalization, uh, you know, funny things in your background, your Zoom meeting, anything that can start a different type of conversation. Even if it comes to nothing, you've at least had a conversation and you could even just by having a conversation with that person could have just made them feel better about their life. Even if there's nothing off the back of it totally. that, has, um, uh, that has come. I think that, you know, yeah. it's, we, we couldn't, we, 
it's too early to say what's going to happen and how this is going to play out. But to your right, to your point, Sam, in five years' time, we'll look back at this, hopefully learn from it um, across all contexts, yeah. not internally the, the, the response to it globally, the, the, you know, the, the virus itself, but also how we operate as organizations. Yeah, totally. And and I think that you you make such a great point, right? Even from that Zoom call talking about having something funny in your background or, or something like that, right? On a on a Zoom call with a prospect because it allows you to do what we all try to do at the beginning of a call, which is form rapport, right? Yeah. I, I think this environment will also build a lot more empathy um, in corporate workers for those of us who work from home. You know, I, I worked from home for eons and sometimes I'll have a prospect who um, says, you know, was that your dog barking? And I'm yeah. like, yes, I'm so sorry. And they're like, oh, you know, and they're really yeah, yeah, turned so off cool. by it. And you're like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> right? yeah, children, um, husbands, like, wives, partners. It's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's everyone screaming. Um, I, I think, you know, to the, the earlier point about when you reach out and you do the show me, you know me piece to say something about it. It's the same thing goes, I think, with the empathetic point of view. So yeah. I, I got an email this morning that said I know we're going through a hard time period would you be interested in our video platform <laughs> like it was just okay like what about it I I think you know and Alex I'm curious on your opinion on this but I, I'm I'm kind of having a distaste in my and from my perspective of the people who are um signing off to saying you know sending sending good vibes and hoping your family as well or something like that it seems inauthentic to me but maybe that's just my my old bitter yeah. soul does yeah. that what if, do you think? <laughs> I, if I own, I, if you, if you don't, I'd only send that to somebody I know. No, yeah, only right, go, exactly. I'd only go to an existing client that I know very well that I could have that sort of conversation. Somebody kind of net new, um, you know, opening up, recognize that, you know, recognizing that you recognize the, the situation, how can I help? But then, you know, kind regards that, or even just signing off Alex. I wouldn't do that in terms of hey because it just feels to your point it just feels like glib it just feels like hey you don't know me from adam so you know what if i respond and say no actually my family is not well and they're on a respirator and they're you know it's like right. how <laughs> so i think yeah. you know them really really well um but it comes back to what you were saying earlier you know show me you know me um you, you yeah my view is if you don't know the person is net is, is net cold outreach um show you give a shit back to what your earlier point in terms of actually <laughs> show that you've done your research and how to take a different point of you know different point of uh, point of view don't make it look like it's just a cut you know copy and paste job because you need to say i hope everybody's safe and well is my yeah view. exactly exactly i am good i'm glad glad we're aligned thanks for being <laughs> the reassurance there <laughs> awesome well sam Thank you. You've been awesome as ever. Hashtag Sam Sales. I will put, uh, well, well, I guess people can find you hashtag Sam Sales. I'm assuming they can find you on the usual social platforms as well. I'm all, all over LinkedIn, as you can imagine. A little bit more there than Twitter. So come okay. to the app, search for the hashtag. Um, send me send me some opinions about what you thought of this podcast. It's not that just you, just so you listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll put the links to Sam's um, uh, web company websites, to LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff on the, on the post. But um, Sam, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me, Alex. Such a pleasure to hang out with you. My pleasure. And so all my... Uh, all my listeners, uh, as ever, thanks for uh, tuning in. And uh, if, as ever, if you want to be on this podcast, let me know. If you think anybody should be on this podcast, let me know. But otherwise, um, notwithstanding what we've just said, but please do keep safe, keep well, and until next time.